On this edition of Oski Talk, we talk about Illinois' football game getting canceled against Ohio State and what that means for the rest of the Big Ten. We also talk about the Illini going 3-0 in their first three basketball games, setting up for a top-five matchup against Baylor this week. We also hear from Mike Latulip, the coach of the TBT team, to talk about Illinois basketball and the future of the TBT tournament. Let's go. This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. It ended well. McCourt for the win. In the air. It is up. And it is good. Fourth and 16. Pressure comes. And Matt Orbebe with the ball in the air. Makes the catch. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Oski Talk. My name is Anthony Pasquale with Patrick Catazone. So much Illini football and basketball news to get into, so we'll get right into it with our front page. So we're going to start with football today. First and foremost here on the front page is Illinois' football game against number 3 Ohio State was canceled due to COVID-19 in the Ohio State program. Their facilities are shut down um, it looked closer and closer like we were going to play, and then Friday night they said Ryan Day tested positive and that they weren't going to travel until Saturday morning, which would have made it really tough for Ohio State to even play, but it, it just didn't seem like the safe thing to do to play that game. No, it wasn't the safe thing to do, and I think when you look at the contact tracing for um, the Big Ten, you have to consider that you know there's that stretch of time where there's a little bit of an uncertainty of whether or not people had you know been in contact with people with COVID, whether they will test positive not now but test positive later. Um, there was a lot of things going into this Ohio State game. They felt like it was irresponsible for them to play that they're going to handle this um, breakout in their program this week and then be healthy or healthy enough at least next week to. Um, you know, compete in that game and then keep their their hopes alive as well. I don't think that they were necessarily avoiding Illinois. Um, I'd love to think that, but I'm sure we would have lost by, you know, 10 or 20 points. I'm sure we would have lost anyways. Um, that being said, I know a lot of a lot of fans were really were really upset that Ohio State didn't for or doesn't get a forfeit for this game. Look, it, it's the COVID year, right? You can't demand a forfeit when a team is just unhealthy. Like that's just not in the good spirit of, of football and it's not in the good spirit of, of, you know, sportsmanship. So it's, you know, you could be mad all you want. You could think that Ohio state was trying to avoid Illinois because they thought they were going to lose this one. But the fact of the matter is it was just, uh, you know, it's just this, this kind of year that these kind of things are just not going to happen. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's hard to demand a forfeit when so many teams are going through the same type of thing. Um, the Big Ten put in place at the beginning of the year that to be eligible to play in that uh, final championship game in the ninth week that you need to have six games under your belt. And now at this point, it doesn't look like a lot of teams are going to reach that threshold. So if our math is correct, and we're journalism majors, not math majors, I think with the announcement that Minnesota's game this week has gotten canceled, Northwestern now wins the, the Big Ten West, right? Yeah, Northwestern is going to win it um, officially with the the Minnesota one that got canceled uh, today, actually. So um, Northwestern is is going to look uh, 
look like they'll be playing in Indianapolis, and we'll see who they play. It might be Indiana, it might be Ohio State. Um, <laughs> it'll be really interesting. In, in Northwestern Indiana, um, college football or or Big Ten championship game would be a lot of fun, especially without Indiana's best player. Um, Penix got injured in that last game. He's out for the season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird year in the Big Ten. I think uh, this COVID year has brought out some uh, unusual things. I mean, and you look at the Illini, they probably would have, um, you know, won that Purdue game and, and at this point in the season would have had at least six six wins um, under their belt and been bowl eligible on any mm-hmm. normal year. But just because of COVID, we're, we're two and three and, and missing out on playing an Ohio State game at home and uh, got Iowa next week. So it's just, it's a weird year. This is the things that are going to happen. You know, I think a lot of people have been saying and, and wanting the players to play the game because they wanted to play. Um, but then those people look like hypocrites when they say, oh, like, wow, Ohio State didn't want to play. Like, they should forfeit this game. Like, we wanted to play this game. But, like, it's just it's just not safe, man. Like, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't have it both ways. You can't want this season to happen and want them to be safe and at the same time force teams to play like that. You just can't. So – it's the COVID season. Things are weird. We're going to have a Northwestern Indiana Big Ten Championship game, which is, I guess, the epitome of, of 2020. Um, so that's that's kind of exciting, and uh, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Yeah, you look at the way things are shaping up. Northwestern first in the Big Ten West. Their two biggest um, contenders, I guess, aren't going to play enough games to officially challenge them. On the flip side, Ohio State, looks to be clearly the best team in this conference. They might not even play enough games. Their biggest challenger, Indiana, will likely win the Big Ten East or at least play in that championship game without their best player. So there's just a lot going on. Um, and I think as of today, Ohio State is still uh, in the top four to play in the college football playoff. So how odd would that be if they end up playing in the playoff without playing in the Big Ten championship game? Yeah, that would be uh, really interesting. It's going to put some stress on the uh, college football playoff committee because there's going to be plenty of people in the Cincinnati camp that are going to say, well, we played the games actually and, and we were undefeated. So why are you putting in a 4-0 Ohio State team? Um, mm-hmm. Or that, That's what it's looking like. Maybe maybe a 7-0 Ohio State game, hoping that everything goes well in the next couple of weeks and that um, those those last couple of games don't get canceled. Um, you know, How do you put in that? Cincinnati team or how do you not put that Cincinnati team in and put the Ohio State team in um, when Cincinnati has clearly played more games and had had stayed healthy so um, it, it'll be really interesting people are going to be very upset but it's it's 2020 this this is this is this is what we get yeah it is 2020 and a bright spot for Illinois of 2020 has been the Illinois basketball teams will flip the coin here to that side of it um, through three games, they already have more wins than the football team has this season. 3-0 and Illinois is. Um, we already recapped the first game of that Thanksgiving tournament. They followed up with a huge win over Chicago State and then a narrow win over Ohio, but nonetheless 3-0 and after three games. What did you see in those three contests? Yeah, first of all, um, Iowa's the real deal. He is an Absolutely. NBA player playing in, in college, college basketball. Um, I think you saw it in the Ohio game where – Illinois was struggling. He turns on the Jets, scores 27 points, um, and, and carried Illinois uh, for all intents and purposes. He was the best player on the court at all, all points of the game. Um, he was 
kind of what we need him to be. He he had that clutch factor to him, obviously, in that last uh, couple seconds of the Ohio game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he took control of the game, um, and we won because of that. So that's that's something great. I felt like his defense has really improved, too. He looks great on the floor. They did about everything they possibly could to get Jason Preston, um, but Jason Preston was playing like an All-American as well, yeah. r- right there with Io. I wouldn't be surprised if that guy won. Mac player of the year because he was he was unbelievable. I mean, even I thought like Iowa's defense on that last series was also excellent. That Preston just made that that one hand. Um, what was it? I don't know. Jumping uh, off the wrong foot too. Yeah, like, yeah. It, none of it looked right, but it went in. And it was on that weird angle. What was it? I don't know how many yards that was. Probably five yards or I don't know ten. Yeah, 10 it was just from short the, of the free throw line. It was. Yeah, it was like right around the elbow. Yeah, it was. A weird shot to make and and of course Jason <laughs> Preston nailed it so it it was weird and and you know Vanderplas too um he was pretty good for Ohio and and DeMonte did everything he could but you know how many times and I know uh Michael Tulip says that we have him later on the podcast um how many times are you gonna play a, a Vanderplas in in the uh um in the Big Ten not very often so um and I don't think we'll see uh, a similar player to that a guy who could kind of hit the three, but also back you up and and really put you in the uh, in the spin Besides zone. Besides Garza, around. you know, yeah, yeah, and Garza's a, a center too. So like that, that's you know, we'll have Kofi on 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 Garza. Sure. Like that, that's not even a big deal. Like the, that kind of stretch four is is I feel like even even a little bit rare in the Big Ten. So this game was weird. They had two fantastic players that played out of their minds, um, and and that's kind of what's going to happen all year, right? That's everyone's going to give Illinois their best game and it's nice to see Illinois be able to survive this one because in the past I don't think they would have yeah that that's that's what Brad said after the game on uh Saturday uh or Friday excuse me he was like um earlier in my ten tenure we probably lose this game by 20 points but instead they claw back they win by two um against Ohio like you said Io all three games has really been the best player on the court um above and beyond you know we talked about before he went to the NBA, what we wanted to see out of him, what he needed to improve on, and the three things were jump shot, defense, and free throws, really. Like, those were the three things that really stood out that there were room for improvement. And early on in this season, the three-point shot is much improved. He made five in the first game, and, and he's making a couple per game now. The defense has been the biggest thing I've noticed. He's probably just as tough to score on as Trent now. Like, he really looks a lot better defensively looks a lot quicker defensively as well and then the free throws he always concerns me for whatever reason making the free throws but in clutch time um, needed one to tie two to give Illinois the lead and eventually the win with 2.5 or 2.7 left on the clock and he made them both and that's what you want out of your uh, preseason All-American guy Uh, Kofi Coburn haven't really talked about him too much in this episode yet Three games, three double doubles. He and he really even hasn't looked that good yet, and that that's the type of stuff he can do on a game to game basis. But you mentioned him a little bit. The biggest thing for me, Demonte Williams has been fantastic. We know about the defense, but with him making a three pointer at the sixty seven percent clip he's making it right now, this team is really really hard to stop. And I think it was Drew Casey who tweeted and said. Uh, if Demonte shoots like this, I don't see how we lose a game all year long. Yeah, that's yeah exactly, and and you know I want to add this too, um, kind of going back to your IO point, and I'll talk about Kofi a little bit. IO for me, 
in that Ohio game, there were points where I felt like he struggled off the catch and shoot, um, and specifically behind the three-point line, where I was like, oh, he could take this, and they, he, he doesn't love the shot, and he'll he'll do whatever he wants with it at that point, um, which I don't hate. I was being smart with the ball. If he doesn't think he could hit those shots, those uh, catch and shoots, I'm completely okay with that, um, as long as he's smart with the ball. But I, he eventually, to be an elite NBA player, has to be able to hit those. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, or even to be a good NBA player, he has to be able to hit those. So, um, look for that to improve as the season goes on. Um, I know he's been working pretty hard on that. Kofi, uh, Kofi's improvement. I, I don't know where I see it necessarily. I think defensively he's, he seemed to improve, um, a little bit. He's really good around the rim. Obviously we know that. Um, but just in general, I just feel like with with ball control when when he's in the post and and he's backing somebody down it's it's just not great. Um, yeah, he gets stripped too much. He does, and that that was clear. I feel like in the Ohio game and happened. Uh, what was it? A couple, maybe a couple times in, in the other two games. His his turnovers they're just not they're happening too often. Um, so he's gonna have to clean that up down the stretch and specifically against Baylor and Duke. Um, but in general, Kofi's Kofi's playing great. I mean, he was playing great last year, so that's um, you know. Whether or not he improved, it doesn't really matter. Kofi's been good. Um, but Demonte Williams has been excellent. It, it clearly um, one of the best players on, on the floor now. Clearly a starter. Um, provides so much defense. It's great. I mean, he did the best he could against Vanderplas. Um, and now with a three ball, he is a, a great role player, great role piece. Someone you really want in that starting lineup. So love to see that for Demonte. Um, that's great improvement for the Illini. So that that was one ginormous positive point from uh, this week. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, Georgie and Trent aren't the offensive prowesses that they were in their freshman years, um, but they don't really need to be. They they just need to know their role on this team like DeMonte does, and he's been so good. Trent Trent's a defensive guy who can make some threes here and there, and, and Georgie's more of a... Uh, a guy to spell Kofi at this point and executing those roles is all they both really need to do. Like you said, the turnovers, um, not only for Kofi, but the entire team in that Ohio game was a big uh, uh, concerning point for Underwood and the staff. Um, the other two players I want to talk about, the new freshman guards, um, I don't know how we haven't talked about them yet. They've been so so fun to watch. Miller, Adam Miller, and Andre Curbelo. Um, I'll start with with Miller he looks like an NBA player now. He looks way bigger and stronger than Io did in his freshman year by a long shot. He looks yeah. way more mature, um, and he's got a better shot um, than than Io even now. He's knocking those down, but he's also you could also see the the room to improve for Miller. But having him as that three point shooter, I think we talked about it last episode. We lost Alan Griffin, forty one percent three point shooter athletic guy pretty good defensively to Syracuse in the transfer pool we needed that role um immediately to come back because three-point shooting was not the strong suit last year and I think Adam Miller might be an improvement in in that uh in that regard no he definitely is um Adam Miller is certainly a shooter um I will say in those first two games I felt like a lot of his shots were open shots um so it's good to know he can make the open shots um, but when he struck, he struggled a little bit in the Ohio game because those shots um, weren't were, were closed on pretty quickly, um, and and therefore you know he only scores eleven points that game. That being said, um, with with better ball movement, he was missing shots too. I felt like they were wide open, um, 
he didn't have his best game against Ohio. Um, I felt like that was probably a little bit of an off game for him, and that's probably more or less why Iowa had to step up. Um, just scoring just did not seem easy for this Illini team, and, and the only guy who was who was really committing was um, was Io. So um, that's that's what's going to happen in, in probably for you know a couple games this season where Iowa's going to have to be like that. But Miller, I agree. Um, first two games, I was like, yeah, this guy's probably going to the NBA after one year. After the Ohio game, I was like, he probably could use another year uh, yeah. to develop. But, um, you know, he, he is good. Adam Miller is a, a fine player, and it's nice to have uh, a kind of a pure shooter now on this team. And, uh, um, you know, with the losses of, of a guy like Alan Griffin, you need a guy to step up and hit the three, and, and DeMonte and Miller will probably fill those shoes. So um, that that's good news for the Illini. And, yeah, he, he's got some room to improve, but, um, you know, so does any freshman on this team. Yeah, and, and then talking f- shoes to fill, the other big hole on this team was Feliz leaving. Um, and, and obviously he's a long way away, but it seems like Curbelo's kind of stepping into that role, be, be that spark off the bench as a guard. Um, you can tell he's got the vision of a great passer. He just tries to be a little flashy, and that's something I'm sure he's going to work on over the course of his freshman year and his years at Illinois, but you can tell that he's got a lot of talent, and uh, that that duo of him and Miller in, in years to come, which I think we will see in years to come, maybe two years total with uh, with at least Miller, um, I, I like what I see from Cabello. A lot of turnovers early, which you know, you're going to have to cut down on, but he, he's fun to watch too. Yeah, the thing about Cabello is he's going to, and Michael Tulip says this too, he is going to be a guy where you're going to say, like, wow, that was a flashing move. That was a great move. Um, what a way to get the score. Um, he's going to be a guy who, who makes those big assists, really push the button on offense. And when you have a guy like that, uh, think early Trent almost, you're going to have turnovers because he, yeah. he's trying as much as, as like hard as he possibly can to get the score. Um, and he's trying to, like I said, I guess push the button the best way to put it. He's, he's going to make passes where you're like, wow, it was a great pass, or wow, it was dumb, like defender was right there. Yeah, if it's, it it's works, one or the it's other. great, you know? Right, and and as he develops, he's obviously going to get way better at, at making that decision, but he's going to try and make the fat, flashy plays, which is going to gonna create turnovers. Um, but he sees the floor great. So you're going to live with it, I think, this year as an Illini fan. You're going to be like, ah, crap. Mark Cabrera turnover, but he is going to provide you so much more as a point guard and as a guy who sees the floor extremely well um, than he is going to hurt you with turnovers. So I think you live with it. Other than that, I thought he was pretty great. He's um, kind of the future of the program, so mm-hmm. uh, kind of nice to see him getting minutes in his freshman year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, either way you look at it, 3-0 and is where you want to be after those first three games. Um, Kansas, Villanova, and Virginia, three teams that were ranked ahead of Illinois in the top 10, lost over the weekend. So the new AP poll has Illinois at number five for the first time in the top five since 2005. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. I mean, um, one journey for this Illini team to number five uh, just after one week. Uh, so many teams had bad, pretty bad games this week. Um, yeah. Kentucky lost obviously yesterday to uh, Richmond and uh, Virginia lost as well. So um, Illinois had the uh, possibility of losing to Ohio this week, and what did they do? They showed up and and closed out the game. So um, I think 
the AP rewarded them a little bit by, you know, you know saying, hey, good job surviving um, and advancing. And uh, that's what we got to do the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Three Big Ten teams in the top five, Iowa three, Wisconsin four, Illinois five. And then that two-team, Baylor, is Illinois' next matchup. They'll take on the uh, they'll take on Baylor in the Jimmy V Classic on Wednesday. What are you seeing for that game? Yeah, that's that's gonna be a great game. I'm really excited for the Baylor one. Um, I'm nervous about Jared Butler really going off. Uh, Teague as well. Mm-hmm. Two great guards. Fortunately, our two best defenders are guards. Yeah. Um, our three best defenders are guards. So, I'm feeling a little bit better about this game. Um, I really don't. I you know I felt like Baylor was gonna probably play the similar game as us and go small. Um, so that. That makes me feel better. Demonte's not gonna have a guy score, you know, seventeen, twenty points on him, because um, hopefully he won't be playing a a six eight stretch forward um, again. Um, you know, Ohio just kind of had those weird, just weird position play and, and great, unbelievable play from their players um, to make this one close. So that's why I think down the stretch this this Illini team is um, is kind of ready to go. Um, won't play a team like that again. I'm 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 feeling better about, you know, having the best player be a uh, you know, the two two best players being guards. Um so I'm feeling good about this game. I'm not I we're going to do a score prediction, I'm sure, but um I know it's going to be close. Not sure if Alana are going to win, but it'll for sure be close. Yeah, it's it's a matchup that at least you you're comfortable with for Illinois because if you were going up against a team with two great bigs, I would be really concerned. I would be very, very concerned because their their game plan is going to be get Kofi in foul trouble, make Georgie beat you, and I don't think Georgie's beating you at this point. So no, I'd not. much rather face the team with the two good guards because we've got four really good guards that start on a, on a regular basis. Um, DeMonte's probably going to have to play the two instead of the four because you're going to want him matched up against um, the other team's Teague probably would be my guess, and then Trent draws that other matchup, um, and Io guards somebody a little bit taller would be my best guess for for Wednesday's game. But that's more of a, a Brad Underwood decision than me. I think, um, you know, who wins those battles is going to be big. Adam Miller's three point shot is going to be huge. It's going to be their first game not at State Farm Center. They'll be playing in Indianapolis, so at least they're not playing at Baylor. But it's a different place, different rims different atmosphere i think there are going to be some fans in indy right i no there won't be um no fans okay no fans so, we, we thought there might be but they're not selling tickets this year okay i, so I you're checked used to that <laughs> sounds good sounds good so you're used to that um but you know baylor's a much tougher team than any team you've played you're glad you had some adversity against ohio i guess um but it, it's going to be tough you're going to want to um shut down those two guards easier said than done and then i think at that point Kofi becomes their biggest concern and he's going to be the the difference maker in this game yeah I mean they play small um uh, like I said I, I'm pretty sure they were going to play small this one and I'm pretty sure they're going to do it again um uh Tichwama, I believe is how you say his name Jonathan Tichwama. um he is uh their biggest forward 6'8 so he's going to be guarding Kofi um in that game and um I think you feel good if you're both uh if you're Brad Underwood because on both sides of the ball um, offensively and defensively, Kofi Kofi can step up and play good defense against a a smaller forward. 
um, and on the other other end, bring a pretty pretty strong offense. Um, so it'll be interesting. I I feel good just because Demonte won't be guarding a forward in this one. I assume as long as Baylor sticks to what they had been doing in their previous two games, um, Demonte will be covering a guard. I don't know who that'll be, whether that's Teague, Flagger, Mitchell, or maybe it's Butler. Um, we'll see. But I, I think you put Io on Jared Butler and and, and kind of have those two guys go at it because they'll be they'll be going head to head against each other pretty much the whole night. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think Kofi has to be the difference maker. Um, he's going to have to stay out of foul trouble is a big thing, and he's going to, like you said, live down low uh, against a matchup that's a lot uh, that's favorable for him. And then the big thing for him, too, is going to be when they close in that double, maybe even triple team on him, find Miller, find Frazier, find Desumu out there and knock down some shots. So I'm excited. I think the matchup is pretty good for Illinois, and so with that, I'll lead us off with a score prediction. I've got them winning this one. It's going to be close. It's going to be tight, like you said, but I'll, I'll take Illinois 78, Baylor 73. Not the uh, 100-point uh, outputs we saw in games one and two. Yeah, I think um, I think from a defensive standpoint, you're happy because you, you're playing the same game as, as, as Butler is, um, kind of going small. So because of that, and I, I really think we'll, we'll split um, the games between Baylor and Duke, and I just felt like Baylor was the better matchup defensively for us and that's why I thought Baylor would be the win um so I'm right there with you Anthony I, I think Baylor um Baylor's the win here Illinois wins this one um I'll give a score we'll say just because it seems like college basketball has been scoring pretty high lately we'll go with uh, an 82 to uh 78 Illinois win so would that put them number two in the country on Monday yeah, it puts you at number two, and you're uh, kind of creeping does, up right? on Gonzaga, which yeah. will be interesting um, because I don't know if Gonzaga's ever going to give up that spot, but hopefully they do. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the uh, Duke game as well. So um, we'll enjoy the win while it lasts, I, I guess. That's the best yeah, way to I put think, it. Uh, I think Gonzaga's game in the Jimmy V Classic actually got canceled because of Tennessee. Um, right. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. So they're not even going to be playing. It's just Illinois and Baylor. Um, so it's getting a lot of eyes on it. I think Dick Vitale's on the game, so that'll be, that'll be exciting. Um, but nonetheless, big matchup for Illinois on Wednesday. And here to talk a little bit more about, um, Illinois basketball in general is Mike LaTulip, the coach of the, uh, TBT team. So we'll get right into that with Say What? Say What? On this week's episode of Oski Talk, we welcome on former Illini Mike LaTulip. Mike, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you guys having me on, man. So let's talk a little bit about Illinois basketball this week. It was two impressive wins and then a close call against Ohio. I was just kind of wondering, what are, what were your first impressions for this uh, Illini team? Yeah, that, it's it's always, you know, the first weekend and the first couple games, I always try my best not to overreact one way or the other. You know, if you're not going to overreact to a, a 50-point win, then you can't overreact to a, to a two-point win. So... You know, and I think either way you slice it, you know, Ohio's a good team, um, and they have an NBA-caliber player on their team there, and and, and that's tough. I mean, and, and I think I said it, I, I may have tweeted it after the Ohio game, but being the hunted this year and having, you know, getting everybody's best shot is always difficult every year, but this year even more so because Ohio's walking into the State Farm Center with no crowd 
you know, and, and, and that is a, that's a factor. And I think it's a, it, it may not get talked about enough, but it's certainly a factor where, you know, you don't have kind of the, the nervousness that, that, you know, that an opposing team would have um, with a packed state farm center. So uh, it makes it that much more difficult to maintain, you know, your status as a top 10 team in the country. Um, but I thought, you know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and said that was one of my favorite Illini games I've watched in a while because there were a lot of opportunities for them to fray. And there was, there was a lot of opportunities for them to quite frankly lose that game. In my opinion, I think 98, 98% of, of America loses that game. Um, teams in America. So, you know, I think it says a lot about this team. It says a lot about the guys that stepped up and, and it was just IO being IO in the end. And, and, um, but it was really good to see those those younger guys get confident in those first couple games as well. Um, you know, I, I thought Adam Miller was was terrific. He looks he looks like he has a body that is Big Ten ready. Um, he guards, which is all you can ask for in a true freshman is somebody that can understand the defensive system and and play at the level he's playing defensively. Um, so I think all of that bodes well moving forward. As as you know, they have a couple couple tough tests here coming up. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, we expected to see Io act like an All-American, and again, I agree with you. I, I felt like in the last two years, Illinois loses that game for sure, um, but they, they just kept their composure um, towards the end there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about those freshmen, Adam Miller and obviously Curbelo um, and Coleman Hawkins as well. He got some time. Those guys kind of stepping up, do you kind of see them uh, being kind of pivotal parts? I know Adam Miller was great in those first two games and then was just a little bit um, kind of set back in that Ohio game. Yeah, I know. I think uh, I think Adam's ability to – he's such a fluid athlete, and I think that's the one thing that when you're watching him, that's the kind of stuff that continues to translate to, to Big Ten play. Uh, he had a lot of open shots in those first couple games, and – but the reality is, like, you got to knock him down, and he did, um, and, and that's really all you can ask for. And and for him specifically, you know, he's going to be a guy that is is counted on heavily as a freshman, not only just to put the ball in the basket, but to space the floor. And, and what that does for Io, um, you know, you saw Io kind of slicing and dicing his way to the basket this week, and, and a lot of that was because you know Miller is spreading the floor. And, and honestly, people are going to have to start you know, honoring DeMonte as well from out there. And, and he's, DeMonte's not going to have as many open looks as he's had over the years because they're going to start guarding him. But um, but for a guy like like Curbelo as well, you know, I would caution people from, you know, getting upset about maybe his, you know, I know right now he's about 3.3 turnovers a game. I know he and Kofi each have 10 through three games. But, look, that's what you're going to get with him. And he'll sure that up. But he's he's kind of a high-risk, high-reward type point guard so you know the you know the, the the two or three just unbelievable highlight reel plays that he makes in a game you know in order for you to have those you're gonna have you know maybe one to two bad turnovers a game and that's just kind of the way um it's the way he plays and and, and i think it, it it makes him who he is so i i was really impressed with with both of them um not only just you know whether it's Curbelo's 18 points and seven rebounds or miller's 28 points Forget that. It's more the fact that they came out there so poised and so steady, um, and they really didn't look like freshmen. Um, you know, Curbelo may have some turnovers where, where you say that's a freshman turnover, but for the most part, they were just they were so steady in what they were doing, and um, and I loved each of their demeanors. And I think Coleman Hawkins is is another guy that you know 
he'll be able to to help sparingly. Uh, we'll see kind of what his minutes look like as the as the season goes on. Obviously, right now he's clearly he's kind of the clear ninth guy. Um, and, and if Underwood decides to shrink the rotation to eight, you know he may be on the outside looking in. But um, but I do like the you know what he brings to the table just from an energy standpoint. And um, you know he seems to not try to play too outside of himself, uh, which is great. You know you need a guy. You know if you're gonna have a ninth guy that that plays, he's gonna have to really know his role. And I thought he's done a great job of that. Yeah, and I kind of want to talk about you know kind of starting off the year. Obviously, you you had a lot of experience with this when you kind of play those teams to get ready, and then you come into this week, you have Baylor. And the next, a week later, you have Duke. Do you think these these kind of games prepare you despite the big wins? You know, I think the Ohio game for sure. Because um, I think what you saw at the end of the game was, okay, now who do we really go to in crunch time? You know, who who can really step up and make those plays at the end of the game? Um, Io was obviously great. DeMonte was great. Um, you know, a couple of those other guys, you know, stepped up and pitched in. But at the end of the day, I those – tune-up games if you want to call them that where you're winning by 50 winning by 60 it's it's good for you know team morale for one two you know you got guys confident and i think you know adam miller being able to see the ball go into the basket um regardless of if it's against you know north carolina a&t or the golden state warriors that makes it it makes a shooter confident and, and that's all you want in a shooter and and for Curbelo as well i think he was able to kind of get get a feel for the pace a little bit um you know he looked kind of sped up at times but um but but i do think that the one thing you can't do is you know assume that there's going to be a 50 to 60 point win every game um i i was probably the best leader you could you could ask for in that locker room because he's going to make sure guys don't get um too outside of themselves or or think that the job's done um, I know they have bigger things planned than, than beating North Carolina A&T and Chicago State. So um, I think the Ohio game was a wake-up call. Um, I think Jason Preston's going to be one of the best players that they play all year. Um, and, and I thought the, that Ohio team had a lot of great supporting um, supporting players as well. So it, it was a tough matchup. And you looked at I looked at DeMonte, who, you know, he's guarding Vanderplas, who's a, you know, 6'8". He can back you down. He can hit threes and, and you know, quite honestly, like there's not a ton of guys like that in the big 10 who can, who can back down and, and hit those shots from the outside. So, so that was a great test for DeMonte, I thought. And, um, that's what you want going into a game. Like, like they're about to play against Baylor. Um, who's one of the best rebounding teams in the country. They shoot the ball. Well, um, it's about as good of a litmus test as, as you could, as you could possibly get. So, um, I'm excited for that one. And then obviously Duke too, um, yeah, I think we all Illinois fans have been waiting for for that matchup in the you know in the Big Ten ACC Challenge for a long time. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 playing in those big games are are definitely something um, that that's kind of been missing. It feels like in the last two years, but you've played in plenty of those big games. What's kind of the you know the prep? Do you feel like in the next couple of days um, for uh, for the Illinois coming into the Baylor game? Yeah, I think you just kind of stick with what you do. Um, you know, I, I, and I know Coach Underwood's a heck of a coach, and what they're going to do is, you know, they're going to make it a little bit more about themselves than they are about Baylor because if you don't take care of your own house, um, then it won't even matter. You'll get run out of the gym. So I, I think what, what they're going to be able to do over these next few days is um, is look at the Ohio tape and, and see that there's a lot of things you can take from that. 
you know, and, and, and Baylor's going to be looking at that too and, and trying to expose some weaknesses. And, um, but I think game by game is different. Every game's different. You know, clearly, clearly that Ohio game, there was an emphasis on throwing it into the post and, and posting Georgie and Kofi every time you could, um, that may not be the case against, against Baylor. And, and each of those things, um, all those things can change from opponent to opponent, you know, and Baylor's not going to be the same as Duke. So, you know, it, it, just being able to, to not get too high and not get too low, um, you know, and, and keep that even keel. And I know Io and DeMonte and those guys in the locker room are going to do a great job doing that. And you can't come into this game like, oh my God, it's Baylor, the number two team in the country. You know, we got to we got to play out of our minds to win the game. No, just just handle your business, do your job. Each each everybody has their role that they have to play. And you know, and I think that as these three games kind of took shape, people were starting to fall into their role a little bit more, which is great. And that's and that's uh. That's going to bode well, I think, for um, you know, for Wednesday night against against Baylor. Well, I sure hope so. And uh, kind of want to wrap wrapping this up. I want to talk a little bit about TBT. I know Champagne was uh, potentially on the list of host uh, cities. Do you have any news with that, or not? It's not going to be this year. Not um, this year. And, and and I know, obviously, with everything going on right now, um, you know, they. I think the I think the university and they wanted to err on the side of caution, but. Um, but 20, 2022, there's there's you know there's obviously a possibility there, so we'll see um, we'll see how that goes. But but we're going to be ready to go, you know, wherever whatever regional they put us in, um, you know, we're going to have a team that um, that's going to have a chance to win it. So I'm I'm excited that it's it's you know going to be the the second year of this, and um, and then we're already starting to to pick up the recruiting efforts and and all and, and all that stuff. So it's I'm excited. It's going to be a blast. That's good. Can you uh, hint us in on any uh, of the new recruits, or? I will. I will say there are a couple that are former Illini players that that Illini fans will know very well. Um, and, and then two, you know, you got you got to think about you know the guys in the team this year. I mean, it's going to be interesting because you know those seniors they have. I, I believe they have an option to come back next year. Um, you know, depending on how the the season goes and the pandemic and. But I'm pretty sure they were awarded an extra year if they so choose. So, so that'll be an interesting wrinkle too. But, um, but yeah, we have, we have a we have a list of of guys that um, you know our our big board, if you will, of guys that, that we want to make sure to go after. So, um, you know, you take a look at that and you want to make sure to to, to be that you you know want to make sure you put yourself in a good position come come July and 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 put yourself in a position where you can go after it and, and win this thing. That's awesome. I'm so excited to see uh, the team next year. Make sure to follow the Full 94 podcast on Apple Podcasts and follow Mike Latulip at Latulip underscore Mike on Twitter. Mike, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. As always, man, it's a great time. First, I want to thank Michael Tulip for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate his breakdown. Um, he provides a lot for us, so thank you. Uh, yeah. for coming on this podcast talked a lot about him uh kind of broke down this um this team a little bit uh not only for uh, you guys but for me as well um you know i i covered the team last year anthony but i gotta say it, it's um it feels a little bit different this year the way this team has been playing yeah i i definitely like that i think Latulip can be a coach real soon i think he deserves that opportunity maybe even at illinois as as an assistant to brad but he could be a head coach somewhere as well 
Um, he definitely knows his stuff. I like, I mean, everything that you said earlier that he said, I mean, it all made so much sense. Like, for instance, DeMonte's not going to be guarding a Vanderplas every time in the Big Ten. That's obviously a matchup that is not favorable for him, but he's also not going to be in that situation all that much. Not a lot of Big Ten teams have those stretch fours. It doesn't really seem like Baylor has that type of player either. So um, thanks to Mike for coming on the show again. Love having him on, and, and I'm excited for Illinois basketball, not only against Baylor, but the rest of the way. Yeah, for sure, and uh, you know, he talked a little bit about TBT as well. Not going to get the tournament next year, but might get it in 2022. So look out for that. I know the administration really didn't want to bring the the tournament here this year with COVID. But in the future, I think uh, Illinois is a great spot to have it. Yeah, I'm with you there. Maybe we'll see, uh, I don't know, maybe a Trent Frazier or a Georgie Bashanishvili on that team in, in just a couple of seasons. But for now, that'll do it for this edition of Oski Talk. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back talking to you guys Thursday, recapping hopefully an Illini win over the Baylor Bears on Wednesday night. But that'll do it for this edition. ILL. I and I.